ಸಹನಾವದು ಸಹನೋಭನಕ್ತ ಸಹವೀರ್ಯಂಕರವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವಧೀತಮಸ್ತು ಮಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ನಮ ಶ್ರೀಶಂಕರಂದ ನಮ ಶ್ರೀಶಂಕರಂದ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಗುರುಪಾದಾಂಬುಜನ್ಮನೆ ಸವಿಲಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಸವಿಲಾಸ ಮಹಾಮೋಹ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ ಗ್ರಾಹಗ್ರಾಸೈಕಕರ್ಮಣೆ now the discussion is around the bhokta the enjoyer the question was who is the enjoyer i find myself enjoying different things experiencing different things the question is who is the experiencer who is this enjoyer <coughs> is kutastha the changeless self self that is changeless awareness is it the enjoyer or experiencer answer is no cannot be because experience is the one who necessarily undergoes changes constantly depending upon the experience and therefore awareness of the self which is changeless cannot be the experiencer then the question was that chidabhasa the reflected consciousness should that be considered the experiencer answer is it could be because the reflected consciousness constantly undergoes change with reference to the states of mind and therefore as far as the change is concerned well it does undergo a change but it does not enjoy an independent reality because it is its reality is like that of a reflection and reflection does not enjoy a reality of its own the reality of reflection depends totally upon the image and therefore even chidabhasa by itself cannot be considered vibhokta the experiencer and so he said that it is a combination of the two the kutastha and chidabhasa meaning the changeless awareness and the reflected consciousness in combination makes what we call a bhokta or the experiencer meaning what is kutastha the self what is chidabhasa the non self meaning a combination of the self and the non self is what makes really what we call the experiencer or the enjoyer or the individual entity so what we call the ego the ahankara the ego or bhokta the enjoyer the experiencer is a combination of the kutastha and chidabhasa the self and the non self meaning this experiencer is a product of the non discrimination between the self and non self if we really discriminate between the two then we know that the self cannot be the enjoyer or experiencer because it is changeless the non self also cannot be experiencer because it is inert i find myself as experiencer who is simultaneously a conscious being as well as a changing being i am sometimes happy sometimes unhappy thus the experiencer constantly changes at the same time experiencer also is the conscious being but that which is consciousness is changeless and that which is changing is non self and therefore this changing consciousness cannot be so already the experiencer or the doer the enjoyer represents what a lumping together 
or a mutual superimposition of the self and the non-self. It already reflects what we call aviveka on non-discrimination. To take oneself to be enjoyer is merely a product of non-discrimination, not being able to discriminate between the self and the non-self. So that I am an enjoyer is a notion, a false notion. Arises on account of the superimposition of the attributes of non-self upon the self and of the self upon the non-self, what we call the mutual superimposition. What is mutual superimposition? For example, the rope and the snake. So you see a snake where in fact there is a rope and that involves a mutual superimposition. How? For example, the snakeness is superimposed upon the rope and the reality that belongs to the rope is superimposed upon the snake. When I see a snake there where in fact there is a rope and there is fear created in me, I think it's a real snake and therefore there is a fear in me. So that reality, it belongs where? It belongs to the rope. So reality that belongs to the rope is superimposed upon the snake. Otherwise, if I had known that this is a false snake or this is a snake of my imagination, I would not be afraid. The fact that I am afraid of that snake means that I take that snake to be a real entity. So reality that belongs to the snake belongs where? In fact, reality imposed upon the snake really belongs to the rope. And therefore, that aspect of the rope is superimposed upon the snake. And snake is that which is superimposed upon the rope. That is what we call mutual superimposition. (coughs) That's what is there. Here also, between the self and the non-self, there is mutual superimposition. The reality that belongs to the self is superimposed upon the enjoyer, the experiencer, and the changing change that belongs to the experiencer is superimposed upon the self, and thus we have a self that is experiencer, a, a product of what we call mutual superimposition or non-discrimination. <coughs> so according to the Upanishad, there is no such entity as an enjoyer or an experiencer. It is a product of the non-discrimination arising from ignorance. What really there is is the self that is changeless. This is the Upanishad. Okay. Uh, then the question was, that Upanishad itself says that for the sake of the self that everything is dear. Whatever is dear in the world is dear because the self is dear. And that is that Upanishad presents the self as enjoyer or experiencer. So you say that the experiencer is false and in various statements Upanishad seems to accept an experiencer. Answer was that the Upanishad as though accepts an experiencer just in order to reiterate the experience that a common man has ultimately show the fallacy of that experiencer. So it was said in the verse 201, Bhokta Svascheva Bhogaya Pati Jayadi Michadi Esh Lokika Vruttantaha Shrutya Samyaganuditaha Bhokta, what I consider the self or the Bhokta, the enjoyer or the experiencer, Svascheva Bhogaya, for his own enjoyments, Pati Jayadi Michadi, he desires wife, husband and so on and so forth for his own enjoyment. So, this is what Upanishad says. That one desires husband, one desires wife, one desires children, one desires wealth for one's own enjoyment. Meaning that enjoyer is accepted there. 
एष लौकिक वृत्तांत श्रुतिया सम्यक अनुदित है दिस लौकिक वृत्तांत दिस एक्सपीरियंस ऑफ द कॉमन पीपल इज मेयरली रीटरेटेड बाय द श्रुति दैट पीपल लव थिंग्स फॉर द सेक ऑफ नॉट फॉर द सेक ऑफ दो थिंग्स बट फॉर द सेक ऑफ द सेल्फ so it is for the enjoyment of the self alone that everything in the world is dear this is what is the common experience of everyone and that alone is reiterated by the shruti <coughs> now continuing with verse 202 anuvadah kimartham ityashunkya bhoktareva premnah vidhanaya ityah the question is if there is no enjoyer as such or no experiencer as such Why is it that the Upanishad or the text seems to be giving, accepting the existence of an experiencer? Why is it so? Why doesn't Upanishad right away say that this experiencer or the enjoyer is a false entity? But the Upanishad doesn't say that right away. On the other hand, Upanishad first says that whatever is dear in the world is dear not for its own sake, but for the sake of the self. And why is it said that? भोक्तरीव प्रेम विधान सो दैट ए पर्सन वुड विद्रॉ हिज लव फॉर द थिंग्स एंड फोकस इज अटेंशन टू द सेल्फ वेन इज ट्रूथ इज अंडरस्टूड अबाउट द लाइफ द वाइफ इज डियर टू मी और हस्बैंड इज डियर टू मी और सन इज डियर टू मी और एनीथिंग इन द वर्ल्ड इज डियर टू मी नॉट फॉर इट्स ओन सेक एज लॉन्ग एज आई एम नॉट गिवन ए थॉट सो लॉन्ग आई थिंक दैट ए गिवन ऑब्जेक्ट इज डियर टू मी but when i really give a thought then i realize that the object is dear to me not for the sake of the object it is dear to me for the sake of the self so even when i love a person or a thing or a being or anything in the world it is not for the sake of that thing or being that i love them it is for my own sake that i love them so the true love is only for oneself everybody that way is selfish in that sense that everybody really loves only the self and the love that is there for the world is what is only false it is not really there it is there as long as the object of the world is agreeable to me conducive to me moment that thing becomes disagreeable or non conducive my love goes away but my love for me always remains i never dislike myself kadachit naham priya I never dislike myself. Under any situation, I always love myself, however I may be. Whether I am ugly or I am beautiful, I am successful or I am whatever I am, my love for me is ever there. It is constant, unchanging. In any situation, I always like myself. I always love myself. As Swami always likes to say, that's the reason why this fellow is never tired of looking at his face, any time. in the morning first thing i do after waking up is look at my face in the bathroom mirror or any time i get an opportunity i'm always willing and happy to look at my own face in many any reflecting surface whether it's a motor car which reflects very my face doesn't reflect properly it reflects a very you know fat thing or a lean or whatever ugly reflection may be but still i like to look at it because it is my reflection and so that shows the love for the self and when people show you those pictures you know this happens very often when you go to people's home and swamis go to many places and very often people enthusiastically bring their albums you know swami ji my wedding album and this album and that album and what interest do i have you know in seeing the pictures of other people but where would i have interest 
Sometimes they show you the pictures where you were there. Swamiji, last time when you visited, then these are the pictures. Then I am interested. And that too, where I am interested. Only those pictures in which I am there, that's all. People are interested in only in that. Nobody is interested in somebody else's pictures. Although we see them all right and we appreciate it and everything else. But where is the ultimate interest? The interest is only in one's own self. To such an extent that I would like a photograph. If it shows me, even cut off, you know, hey, look at my head. You know, I just, this much is seen. Even that also I am willing to see. Because I am there, you know. <laughs> this shows it always a love for oneself. Idea is that love for myself is avyabhicharya, is non-changing, non-variable. Love for everything else varies. Our friends keep on changing. Even the loved ones also keep on changing, you know. For 15 days, one month, six months, one year, some relationship goes on, then it changes and something else goes on. That keeps on going. But I am always a constant factor. And thus, this is the truth that Upanishad points out. That... The, that person loves the world and nobody has ever thought about it. But the fundamental thing about the life that is brought out that I love someone or something not for the sake of that someone or something it is for my own sake. <coughs> and why is this being said? So, it is said in the verse 202 Bhogyanam Bhogtrusheshatvad Bhogyanam bhogtrusheshatva ma bhogyeshvanu rajyadam ma bhogyeshvanu rajyadam bhogtariyeva pradhanetaha bhogtariyeva pradhanetaha anuragam tam vidhitsade anuragam tam vidhitsade Bhogyanam bhogtrusheshatva the reason why Upanishad says this, Bhogyanam Bhoktu Seshatvat. Bhogyanam meaning of the objects of enjoyment or objects of experience. Patijayadinam, like husband, wife, son, etc. Bhoktu Seshatvat. Bhoktu Svasya Bhogopa Karanatvat. Since all those objects are ultimately for the sake of the self. Bhoktu Seshatvat. Karalu upakari, sahakari, or only helpful. So all these various objects, such as husband, wife, son, house, and whatever it is, all those various objects are merely for the sake of the self. They serve the purpose of the self. This particular fact is pointed out or brought out by the Upanishad. For what? That being the case, ma bhogyeshu anurajyatam. Hey, don't have anuraga. Bhogyeshu anuraga na kartavya. May you not have any attachment or any attraction for the objects of enjoyment. Because even when you think that you are in fact enjoying the objects, you are enjoying yourself. Even when you think that you love the objects, in fact you only love yourself. And this also has been point of obvious, uh, discussed often. That when I, when I am happy, in that moment of happiness, which happiness arises when I experience an object that I love. So when I experience an object of love, that arises happiness. Which commonly I think that arises from that object. But really that happiness does not arise from that object. That happiness always arises from within, from myself. That object merely becomes instrumental 
and manifesting the happiness that is my own self. And somehow, even though my nature is happiness, that is not evident, not manifest because of this ignorance and all kinds of difficulties in the mind. Because the mind is as sadness, because the mind is anxieties, because the mind is reaction, because the mind is likes and dislikes. And therefore, that very happiness which is my nature is not experienced by me normally. And when that object of love comes before me, momentarily the mind becomes free of all its anxieties and reactions and whatever. And therefore, the happiness which is my own nature just becomes manifest. This is a truth that one has to contemplate upon. That in any experience of happiness, even though it appears as though the happiness arises from that object of experience, it is not that object that really gives happiness. Object merely becomes instrumental in uncovering or manifestation of the happiness which is my own self. And that is how, therefore, when you are really, when you think that you are enjoying the object, in fact you are enjoying yourself. They gave the illustration of a dog. Dog is very fond of chewing a bone, a dry bone. Dogs, they love to chew bones, you know. Even though the bone is dry, doesn't have anything in it. And still the dog keeps on chewing. And what's the reason? Because when the dog is chewing that bone, which is which has sharp edges, those edges in fact, the sharp edges of the bone, and will hurt the dog, and blood starts coming from his own mouth. And that is the blood that the dog is actually experiencing. And the dog thinks that 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 blood or that, that taste comes from the bone. In fact, it is his own blood that the dog is tasting and it enjoys. So he keeps on chewing that bone and therefore blood keeps on oozing from his mouth, you know. And it enjoys that, stupidly thinking that it comes from the bone. And similarly man enjoys the objects of the world. Thinking that the happiness comes from there, in fact it is his own happiness that he is enjoying. And that is why Upanishad brings to light this, this fact of life that I love the objects not for the sake of the objects, it is for the sake of the self. And therefore the real love is for the self. That being the case, Bhogyeshu Anuragaha Nakartavya Upanishad says, don't have anuraga, don't have attachment for the objects of enjoyment because you don't really love them, you in fact love yourself. And so the love which is there for the things and beings of the world is only reflected love, the true love is always for the self. Kintu pradhana bhute bhoktariyeva anuragaha kartavyaha pradhane bhoktariyeva anuragam tam vidhitsati Shruti says that really bhokta, the enjoyer, the experience of the self is pradhana, is the main or locus of your love and therefore may you focus your attention to the self. Man thinks that the happiness comes from the objects and therefore he always runs after the objects. It is pointed out that the happiness coming from the object is not in the object, is in the self. Or the love that I have for the objects is not really for the object, it is for the self. And therefore may you now direct your attention to the self withdraw your attention and attachment from the objects. So, this process of education or process of revealing the nature of the self is carried out in two basic steps. First step is to withdraw the attention from the non-self and to direct it to the self. 
and secondly to investigate into the true nature of the self before i can investigate or contemplate upon the true nature of the self it is necessary that my attention should be focused upon myself when can we focused upon myself when the attention is withdrawn from the non self from the objects of the world when can we withdrawn when i discover that it is not the objects that i love really the, even in the love of the objects what is hidden there is the love of the self and therefore this is how the shuti enables or makes the person withdraw his attention and attachment from the world from the objects and focuses or directs attention to the self so first from bhogya to the bhokta from the objects of enjoyment to the enjoyer the attention is brought so anbhokte bhoktareva pradhane bhoktareva anuragam tam vidhitsati so in such statements of the shuti there is a vidhanam there is in fact the shuti is giving an instruction that now withdraw your attention from the objects you love those objects not for the sake of objects for your own sake you enjoy your enjoy the objects not because the enjoyment comes from there it comes from you so may you make note of this fact and from now on withdraw your attention and preoccupation with objects and focus your attention on the self bhogyeshu prematyaga purasaram atma prema kartavyatayam drashtantatvena ishvare prema prasana purasaram purana vachanam udaharate this author now is fond of quoting from other texts also in support of the point that he makes so he makes a point here that this passage from the burhadaranyaka upanishad is to is to enjoin that the seeker should withdraw the attention from the objects of enjoyment and direct his or her attention to the self and he finds a concurrence to this in the other text in purana there is a text called vishnu purana in vishnu purana a great devotee prahlada he tells lord vishnu and what is the, what is the idea that bhogyeshu prematyaga purasaram that giving up the prema or the attachment or the uh, the uh, the love for the objects of enjoyment atma prema kartavyatayam and that one should love the self drishtantatvena ishvare ishvara means the lord lord is the same as the self so here the devotee tells the lord oh lord may i have a total devotion for you who is of the nature of the self so ishvara ishvare prema prasana purasaram purana vacharam udaharati is quoted here a statement or a verse from purana vishnu purana which tells us how the devotee is praying to the lord that may my attention be totally withdrawn from the objects and may my attention or love be always for you <clears throat> and nicely it is said in the verse 203 ya pritiravi ya pritiravi vekana ya pritiravi vekanam ya pritiravi vekanam visheshvanapayini विषयेश्वनपायिनी 
ಅವಿವೇಕಾನಾಂ ಆತ್ಮಜ್ಞಾನಶೂನ್ಯಾನ ವಿಷಯೇಷು ಅನಪಾಯಿ ದೃಢಾಯ ಪ್ರೀತಿ ಅಸ್ತಿ ಸೇಸ್ ದಟ್ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಹೂ ಆರ್ ಅವಿವೇಕಾನಾಂ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಹೂ ಆರ್ ನಾನ್ ಡಿಸ್ಕ್ರಿಮಿನೇಟಿವ್ ಇಗ್ನರೆಂಟ್ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಆತ್ಮಜ್ಞಾನ ಶೂನ್ಯಾನ ಸೊ ದೋಸ್ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಆರ್ ಡಿವೈಡ್ ವಿತ್ ನಾಲೆಜ್ ಆರ್ ದೋಸ್ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಹೂ ಆರ್ ಇವನ್ ಡಿವೈಡ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಬೇಸಿಕ್ ಡಿಸ್ಕ್ರಿಮಿನೇಷನ್ ಬಿಟ್ವೀನ್ ದಿ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಇನ್ ಅ ನಾನ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಆರ್ ಬೇಸಿಕ್ ಡಿಸ್ಕ್ರಿಮಿನೇಷನ್ ಬಿಟ್ವೀನ್ ದ ಪರ್ಮನೆಂಟ್ ದ ಇಂಪರ್ಮನೆಂಟ್ ಸೊ ಪೀಪಲ್ ಹೂ ಡು ನಾಟ್ ನೋ ದಟ್ ದಿ ಆಬ್ಜೆಕ್ಟ್ ಆರ್ ಟ್ರಾನ್ಸಿಯಂಟ್ ಎಫಿಮೆರಲ್ ಇನರ್ಟ್ and therefore they cannot really have a content of joy those people who do not know all those who never thought about the life and never heard that when i think that i am getting happiness from the object that happiness really arises from the self so those who do not know conclude that the happiness arises from the objects and therefore there is a very anapayani apaya means vyoga apaya means destruction anapaya means that which does not go so these common people or ordinary people since you people have anapayani preetihi druda preetihi a very firm attachment to the objects of the world so ordinary people or the sensuous people are firmly attached to the objects of the world because they think that that is where the happiness is so he gives there is an illustration it is that kind of a love that i should have for you the kind of the love that ordinary people have for the objects of the world oh lord may i have that intensity of the love for you or may i not have that kind of a love which people common people have for the objects of the world this is what he is praying so there are two meanings given to this verse first is maapa so maam paati iti maapa maam means lakshmi so maam means lakshmim pati one who protects the lakshmi is called maapa is lakshmi pade meaning lord vishnu so he maapa he lakshmi pade sa preetihi tvam anusmaratah tvam sada chintayatah me hrudayat manasah sarvatu apagachchatu mama manah visheshu asaktim parityajya tvayeva sada tishthatu ityartah so prahlada says to the lord that that kind of a firm attachment to all the firm uh, attraction or fascination that ordinary sensuous people have for the objects of the world that kind of an attachment may such an attachment go away from my heart may i not have that kind of an attachment for the objects of the world tvam anusmarata who am i i am the one who is constantly remembering you tvam sada chintayatah so i who am your devotee and constantly remembering you constantly thinking about you in me that kind of an attachment which common people have for the objects may i not have that attachment meaning may my mind not have any attachment or attraction or fascination for the objects of the world and may my mind always have love for you that's what the devotee is praying to the lord <coughs> ಯದ್ವಾರ್ ಅದರ್ ವೇ ಆಫ್ ಲುಕಿಂಗ್ ಎಟ್ ದ ವರ್ಸಿಸ್ ಅವಿವೇಕನ ವಿಷಯಷು ದೃಢ ಯಾದೃಶಿ ಯಾದೃಶಿ ಪ್ರೀತಿ ಅಸ್ತಿ ಸಾ ತಾದೃಶಿ ವಿಷಯಷು ವಿದ್ಯಮಾನ ಪ್ರೀತಿ ತ್ವಾಂ ಅನುಸ್ಮರತೋ ಮೇ ಹೃದಯನ್ ಮಾ ಅಪಸರ್ಪತು ಮಾ ಅಪಗಚ್ಛತು ಫಸ್ಟ್ ದಟ್ ಮಾ ಪಾಸ್ ಟೇಕನ್ ಇಸ್ ಒನ್ ವರ್ಡ್ ಅಂಡ್ ದೆನ್ ನಾವ್ ಮಾ ಅಪಸರ್ಪತು ದಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಹೌ ದಿ ದಿ ವರ್ಡ್ ಇಸ್ ಬ್ರೋಕನ್ ಸೊ ಸಾ ಪ್ರೀತಿ ತಾದೃಶಿ ಪ್ರೀತಿ ಮೇ ಹೃದಯಾತ್ ಮಾ ಅಪಸರ್ಪತು ಅಂಡ್ ದ ವೇ ಆಫ್ ಲುಕಿಂಗ್ ಅಟ್ ಇಟ್ 
that the kind of a strong attachment that the common people have for the worldly objects, may such strong attachment I may may I have for you. And so I who am devoted to you, who is constantly thinking about you, may in my heart be the same strong love that for you that common people have for or the kind of com kind of love that common people have for the worldly objects. Not the same love, but the same intensity of love. The intensity of love, Yadrushi. The intensity of love that the common people have for the objects of the world, same intensity of love may I have for you. Thus, this verse also says how there is always this, inten- in this desire on the part of the devotee to have a total love and total attachment for the Lord. Lord means the one whom he is seeking in his life. And so also for the one who is seeking the knowledge of the self should have the same amount of love and devotion for the self, then alone the knowledge is possible. So knowledge cannot be a product of merely some academic thinking, but there must be total love and commitment. And we know what that love is. Today also we have love, because love is the nature of the mind, nature of the ourselves, and that everyone is by nature of the nature of love. So every moment my love is expressed to something or something or the other. Usually, my love is expressed to something other than me, some kind of an object to the world, or some ego, or some kind of a pride, or some image. To something or the other, my love is always directed to. And therefore, we know what love is. Egoistic people always love their image. Sensuous people always love the objects of the world. And artists may love something else. And thus, everybody loves something in their life. So we know what that intense love is. Except that, that intense love should be for the self. And therefore, that love which we presently have for all the various things and beings of the world should be withdrawn from there and directed to the self. And how can it be withdrawn? Only by understanding the nature of the objects. Are the objects capable of really fulfilling my love? Are the objects really capable of giving me the happiness that I think they have? And when I understand that, then slowly, as I understand the nature of the objects, then slowly I, I realize that objects are inert, hollow, they don't have anything in them. It is self that alone is the source of all the joy. And that is how slowly and slowly my love is directed towards the self. It should become an intense love or intense devotion. <coughs> That's very, that is what is said in the verse 204. So, Alright, you have quoted here a statement or a verse from Purana, Vishnu Purana. So let it be so in Purana that a devotee is praying to the Lord for an intense devotion to the Lord. But the Shruti statement, passage that we are discussing, so what is relevance of that to this passage from the Upanishad? And that is answered in the verse 204. Itinyayena sarvasmad Itinyayena sarvasmad Bhogya jata dvirakta dhehi Bhogya jata dvirakta dhehi Upasam hrutyatam pritim Upasam hrutyatam pritim Bhogtariyenam bubhutsade Bhogtariyenam bubhutsade Iti jnayana, iti anena, puranokta jnayana. By the jnayana means a rule that was stated in the earlier verse. 
सर्वस्माद भोग्य जातात विरक्तधी सर्वस्माद भोग्य जातात पतिजादि लक्षणात विरक्तधी विरक्तादिही यस्यसौ विरक्तधी पुरुषः एंड दस कॉन्स्टेंटली डेलिबरेटिंग अपॉन द नेचर ऑफ द ऑब्जेक्ट्स ऑफ वर्ल्ड दिस विरक्तधी अल्टीमेटली दिस पर्सन अटेन्स विरक्ति और अ टोटल डिस्पैशन व्हेन ही रियलाइज द ट्रू नेचर ऑफ द द ऑब्जेक्ट्स देन he realized that pati jaya that is husband wife son all of them really have no content of happiness and therefore whatever attachment and that intense love that one has for those things is withdrawn from there and that is how one becomes viraktadihi virakta the word of raga or attachment for those objects so one becomes free from the attachments for the objects and when i become free from attachment of something i'll become also free from aversion for something else because since i have attachment for a given thing that itself brings about aversion for something else when i'm strongly attached to any person or a thing then there is going to be an aversion to anything that becomes an obstacle to that so attachment and aversion always go hand in hand attachment for one is always accompanied by aversion for that which is an obstacle or that which is opposed to that and thus when my attachment to the objects go away goes away then automatically aversion also will go away and that's how a person becomes virakta and this has been discussed in number in number of times earlier which is so virajya vishavratat dosh drushtya muhurmuhu so earlier it was discussed already in this chapter itself how by dosh drushti one can withdraw one's attachment from the objects tam bhogya gocharam pritim bhoktari atmani upasamhrutya and the very same love or attachment that one had for all these objects made that love be now centered upon the self because love everyone has to moment to moment every moment i must love something if i don't love the objects of the world well that very same love now is going to be focused upon the self and which self not the self that is body but there is also non self ultimately that self will be also analyzed first of all withdraw your attention from the non self to the self and then we'll ask the question what is the true nature of the self then it will be revealed to be kutastha or changeless self tam bhogya gocharam pritim bhoktari atmani upasamhrutya enam atmanam bhutsade bodhum ichchadi and first of all his attention is directed towards the self and now he wants to know what is the true nature of the self bhutsade bodhum ichchadi so first is priti and then is स्वरूपन्वेषणम फर्स्ट इज द लव फॉर द सेल्फ एंड देन एन इन्वेस्टिगेशन इन टू द ट्रू नेचर द सेल्फ वॉट एम आई गोइंग टू इन्वेस्टिगेट आई एम नॉट इंटरेस्ट इन इन्वेस्टिगेटिंग वॉट इज वॉट इज दिस माइक्रोफोन वॉट इज दिस लाउड स्पीकर आई डोंट केयर वॉट दे आर आई एम इंटरेस्ट इन इन्वेस्टिगेटिंग दैट इन विच आई एम इंटरेस्टेड आई एम ऑलवेज इंटरेस्ट इन इन्वेस्टिगेटिंग द ऑब्जेक्ट ऑफ लव दैट्स वाई ऑलवेज इंक्वायर नो वेन आई लव समबडी और समथिंग ऑलवेज वॉन्ट टू नो वेर what and what about everything about that we are there are millions of things in the world we don't we are not at all interested in them what is what are we interested in only thing that we love so the desire to know always arises from a love for that thing and similarly desire to know the self will arise when only when there is love for the self when would there be love for the self when my love for the non self is withdrawn by understanding the nature and thus first the love for the self and then the desire bhutsati bhutsate then he desires to know the self automatically 
When self becomes the object of love, then one wants to know what is the true nature of the self. And now the author gives in several verses illustrations of the nature of love and commitment. What should be the nature of love for the self or commitment for the self? That is being told here by various illustrations from our worldly experiences. In order to, for us to understand what should be the nature of love or commitment for the self. Evam Atmani Eva Prem Upasamhare Phalitam Sadrushtantamaha That thus when the love is going to be centered or focused upon the self, then what is that, what is it that results from it? He is being explained along with the illustrations. Verse 205 says, Yatha Pamaraha Pamaraha is Prasajanaha. Like this common man, like a sensuous person. Sarakchandana Vadhu Vastra Suvaranadeshu Yatha Apramattaha. How this man who is a sensuous person all the time dwells upon some or the other object of enjoyment. And some standard objects are being told here. It may be standard in those days. Srak Chandana Vanita. Srak meaning a garland. You know, that people wear garland, something that is fragrant. Chandana means the sandal paste, which people anoint their body with. Now we have various perfumes and things like that. In those days, they used to have Chandanam, meaning sandalwood. So sandalwood is fragrant. And so people used to apply sandalwood upon their body, etc., to make it fragrant. Vadhu, Vadhu means a woman. Vastra means garments or, or clothes. Suvarna meaning the gold. So how this man, who is a worldly man, and therefore always seeking pleasure, worldly pleasures, how he is constantly dwelling upon, without even a moment of... Moment of uh, Distraction. How undistracted he constantly thinks of either garland, meaning some object of enjoyment called Srakchandana Vanita, a garland or sandalwood or a woman or gold or garments or something or the other. Nowadays, something else, motor car or a house or whatever, or skiing or anything that gives me enjoyment. So, people are always planning. As they even come Monday morning with the work, what is the first thing they think of? It's Friday evening only. So then Monday morning is there, the first thing he thinks, all right, he's planning for Friday evening, when will that come? And so all his plans are ready, Friday evening, Saturday morning, whatever else he's going to do during the weekend, that's, he spends the whole week in planning for the weekend. And he spends his time during the office in planning for the evenings, you know, and things like that. And so, uh, many people do that, not everybody. There are some people who work also, but many people. <laughs> so there are many whose only interest is, even as they're eating lunch, He's only thinking what will be there in dinner now, you know. And even as he's eating dinner, he's planning for the breakfast. And so when he's watching one movie, he's planning for the other movie. He's watching one show, planning for another show. Going for one ride, planning for another ride. And, and so on and so forth. Because people are so much, they're, they're, they're so gross and therefore so devoted to these objects. 
that all the time dwelling upon one or the other object of enjoyment. Apramattaha. Savadhana bhoti. How this ordinary person is without distraction, constantly dwelling upon these objects of the world, objects of enjoyment. So this is an illustration. Evam tadvat evam mukshuhapi atma vishaye na pramadhyade. Anavadhanam nakarodi kindu tat chintayayav tishthati tyartaha. So the kind of attachment or the kind of love that a person has for the various objects of enjoyment and how constantly he is dwelling upon them. Similarly also the seeker of knowledge, mumuksha, this seeker of knowledge or one who is desirous of liberation should similarly have the constant thinking about the self. How this person constantly thinks about the worldly objects or objects of pleasure, so also the seeker of knowledge should constantly without distraction Always think of the self. Atma vishaye na pramad avadhanam savadhanatum tatparata. That total commitment, all the time dwelling and deliberating upon that. So, anavadhanam nakarodi, kintu tachinda evatishthadi. No distraction at all. In and through whatever he does. This devotee, in and through whatever he does, the focus always is the self, or Lord, whatever. So, he does something does it for pleasing him. He sleeps, that also so that he can wake up next morning, so he can start worshipping. He eats, so that he can keep fit, and so that he can do his work properly, so that he can please his Lord. So that's how devotees, whatever they do. So when that tatparda, when that goal is always there in the mind, then anything and everything that we do is always directed to that. Just as when you have planned, to go to a certain place when you when you ride in your car and you have now planned to reach a certain destination then how every moment the destination always is at the back of your mind and whenever you make a turn whether it is right or left or whatever you do all of that all of those actions and choices are automatically governed by that constant awareness of the destination so just as a worldly man is constantly awareful of the objects of pleasure and so also that kind of a constant awareness must be there on the part of the seeker of knowledge about the self. This is this is the recommendation. This is what is the instruction. Avadhana abhavameva bahubhi dhrishtandahis pashtayadi Again by various illustrations the author shows absence of distractions or absence of indifference. One should not be indifferent to the self. There should always be a constant awareness. And that lack of indifference or lack of inadvertence is again illustrated by various illustrations, clarified by various illustrations, says verse 206. Abhyasyati nirantaram Abhyasyati nirantaram Vijigi shuryatha tadvade Vijigi shuryatha tadvade Mamukshusvam vicharayed Mamukshusvam vicharayed Now the illustration, the illustrations are all, uh, as I said, old-fashioned illustrations. Yatha vijigi shuhu Pratiwadi Jayakamaha Ihaloke Pradhanaha Purusha 
ನಿರಂತರಂ ಕಾವ್ಯಾದಿನ್ ಅಭ್ಯಸ್ತಿ ಈ ಗಿವ್ಸ್ ಇಲಸ್ಟ್ರೇಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ವಿಜಯಗೇಶು ವಿಜಯಗೇಶು ಸೊ ವಾದಿ ಪ್ರತಿವಾದಿ ಜಯಕಾಮ ಸಮನ್ ಹೂ ವಾಂಟ್ಸ್ ಟು ವಿನ್ ಅ ಡಿಬೇಟ್ ಫಾರ್ ಎಕ್ಸಾಂಪಲ್ ಇನ್ ಓಲ್ಡನ್ ಡೇಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಕೈಂಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಡಿಬೇಟ್ಸ್ ವೆರ್ ವೆರಿ ಕಾಮನ್ ದಟ್ ಈಸ್ ಟು ಕಾಲ್ ಶಾಸ್ತ್ರಾರ್ಥ ಸೊ ಲೈಕ್ ಟು ಲಾಜಿಷಿಯನ್ಸ್ ವಿಲ್ ವಿ ವಿಲ್ ಡಿಬೇಟ್ ವಿತ್ ಈಚ್ ಅದರ್ ಟು ಪ್ರೂವ್ ಒನ್ಸ್ ಓನ್ ಸುಪೀರಿಯಾರಿಟಿ ಸೊ ಡಿಬೇಟಿಂಗ್ and uh, so in order to exhibit or in order to assert your superiority of knowledge or your uh, scholarship so scholars or the learned people in the olden days used to debate the purpose of the debate was of course to prove one's superiority and so a person who is intent upon proving his superiority of knowledge over other opponents he is constantly studying something other preparing himself kavyanataka tarkadim and therefore in sanskrit language suppose he wants to show his superiority then constantly studying kavya different literature natakam different plays tarka the books of logic so that his scholarship becomes more you know he becomes greater and greater scholar and that is how he becomes more and more skilled or more and more capable of showing his superiority over his opponents like a lawyer for example suppose a lawyer is is uh, you know pleading a case always there is an opponent so what is this fellow always thinking how to win over that opponent isn't it how do you prepare your case you know all the time think of the opponent and always try to be better than him try to outsmart him and that's why you'll have all kinds of references and you prepare your your file or whatever it is so just as a person who is desirous of winning over the opponent all the time applies attention to studying whatever is necessary and equipping himself with the requisite tools in order to conquer or win over the opponent so how is con- is so is the total application so how is constantly applying himself in thinking and thinking and thinking tadvat mumukshu sam vicharaye the same manner this mumukshu this seeker of knowledge sam vicharaye atmanam vicharaye of course he doesn't want to conquer anything but then you see one has a motivation to do something there is a motivation most people are they do something only when they are motivated only when there is a purpose to equip himself so that he can prove his superiority over his opponents by that motivation he keeps on studying more and more if that motivation were not there perhaps he may not study because his joy is not so much in learning his joy is in conquering somebody for example when this fellow the heavyweight championship bout is there after 6 months he is declared that one this a is going to fight against b world heavyweight champ what this fellow is doing he all the time studies this fellow's video you know he looks at his opponent and all his different styles and all his different whatever you know this punches and what not and sees his weaknesses and strengths and all the time meditates upon that all the time reflects upon that and equips himself in order to fight with him and defeat him otherwise he may not do that otherwise he may just eat drink and make merry but here because he wants to conquer the other fellow he applies himself and similarly so that is the motivation 
Here the author says that the kind of a motivation and the commitment that a person has in studying different kinds of books and texts in order to equip himself to conquer his opponent, that kind of a commitment or should one should have for deliberating upon the self. So, shows how there must be vichare, vicharaha must be there, that mananam, constant deliberation must be there. <coughs> then yet another illustration is given here, you know. <coughs> In verse 207. Japaya gopasanadi, kurute shraddhaya yatha, kurute shraddhaya yatha, swarga divanchaya tadvada, swarga divanchaya tadvada, shraddhadhyat svemumukshaya, then gives the illustration of Shraddha. First was given the illustration of Apramadaha or constant focusing of the attention. How a person interested in the enjoyment in life, his attention is always focused upon the objects of enjoyment. Second was the illustration of constant thinking. How a person who wants to conquer the opponent all the time is reflecting and thinking about a particular subject and constantly equips himself. Now is given the illustration of Shraddha. Says Japayaga Upasanadi Kurute Shraddhaya Yatha. Yatha Vaidikascha Svargadi Arthi Svargadi Vanchaya. Just as a person who has a strong desire for Svarga or heavens. So Vedas enjoin various rituals by performance of which one can attain heavens. This is what is said. Svarga kamo yajeta Agnishtomena svarga kamo yajeta One who is desirous of svarga or heavens may perform this Agnishtoma yaga, a particular ritual. Now, this person, because his desire, he would not perform the ritual otherwise. It involves a lot of strain. It involves a lot of effort. And why would one actually perform all those efforts? Because one is interested in the result. And what's the result? Svarga or heavens. So, Vaidikaha. Vaidika is the one who is Astikaha. One who has faith in the Vedas. In the words of the, the statements of the Vedas. Vedas say that, if you perform this particular Yaga, then you will get a particular result. If you perform this Yaga, you will get heavens or Svarga. Now, I may be desire of Svarga alright, but I may not have trust or faith in that statement. In which case also, I will not undertake that task. But I am desirous of heavens also, as well as I have shraddha, or an implicit faith in the statement of the Vedas, that what they say is true, and therefore, svargadiyarthi tattat sadhanani japadini shraddha purasram anutishthari. And then the Veda says, may you perform this yaga. What yaga? An- Agnishtomar, Jodhishtomar, some yaga may you perform. And when you perform the ritual, Vedic ritual, it also involves various other elements. You must, for example, observe continence for a number of days. You must also uh, observe a certain diet, maybe fasting also is involved. Sometimes you have to sleep on the floor, you know, during that period of sleep on the floor. Observe Brahmacharya or continence and observe fast or eat only once a day or eat only particular kind of food and with this amount of japa so 
All these different instructions are given. And so for all those days when this man is performing this ritual, he undertakes a strict regimen. And he does all of this. Shraddha Purasaram Anutishtadi. He does all of this with great faith. So here is an illustration of Shraddha or faith. Adrishtarthe Vishwasa Shraddha. Shraddha the faith is required when I do not know the result and I am simply dependent upon this statement of someone. So I do not, I haven't gone to heavens. I do not know by my own knowledge that by performance of this yaga that I will necessarily attain heavens. But I have an implicit faith in this statement of the scriptures. Adrushtarthe Vishwasaha That by performance of this yaga a sudden effect will be created which effect will effect in terms of punya and that will enable that will ultimately result into my going to swarga or heavens and I haven't seen those things nor there is any proof in me so without having proof or without having evidence having an implicit faith is called shraddha so this man has shraddha with great shraddha he undertakes all these rituals tatha mukshuvapi Mokshechya Sveshraute Atmani Vishwasam Kuryat. And similarly also Mumukshu or the seeker of Moksha also should have the same intensity of faith. Where? In the in the Atma, in the self. So the same faith of Shraddha, that same intensity of Shraddha is required. What is the desire here? Moksha Mitcha Mumuksha. There the desire is for heavens. Here the desire is for Moksha or liberation. There for power attainment of heaven, he performs different rituals and undergoes various disciplines. Here, for attaining achieving liberation, I totally apply myself to the pursuit of the study of the scriptures, constantly dwelling upon them and constantly trying to assimilate that knowledge. And therefore, Shraddha is Shraddhavan Labhate Jnanam. One way Shraddha, implicit faith, alone gains knowledge. Tatparaha Sinyatendriya the Shraddha or the faith gives me Tatparata, a commitment. Sanyatayendriya, and from that commitment arises an enthusiasm by which I'll be able to withdraw my attention from all unnecessary activities and direct my effort totally towards the goal that I have chosen. <coughs> so, next requirement is Shraddha. First requirement is Savadhani, total alertness, a commitment. Second way is Chintanam, constantly Chintanam or dwelling upon the self. Third is Shraddha, an implicit faith in the self. <coughs> okay, we'll continue tomorrow. Om Puranamadaf Puranamidam Puranat Puranamudachyade Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnameva Vashishyade Om Shanti 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 Shankaram Shankaracharyam Keshavam Badarayanam Sutra Bhashya Krutavande Bhagavantav Punafpunaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmeti Murti Bheda Vibhagine Vyoma Vadvyapta Dehaya Dakshina Murtaye Namaha Om Shanti Shanti Shanti
हरि ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि ओम